Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Beat the Steelers Week drama with Jadavian Clowney. Moments of shame from the fantasy football season and some NFL sick picks. Coming up right now on the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. The sickest Cleveland Browns podcast. Cut back by Chubb. He's to the 10. He's still running to the 5. He dips outside left. He's going in. Touchdown. What a run. Nick Chubb. It's going to be sick. Happy New Year, everybody. First sick podcast with Andy McNamara of 2023. Hope everyone had a great, safe holiday season. We're putting another bow on a brown season. Boy, there's a lot to talk about. First, right off the top, though, what great news about DeMar Hamlin with the Buffalo Bills. Sensational. FaceTime is team today. What a great recovery and story and the unity that really brought the sports world together. So much toxicity on social media, but everybody rallied around this young man and boy, what he uh, overcame and hopefully his progression and recovery continues. So, 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 so great to hear and see that though. Hope he continues to get better and uh, marches from there. We got some fantasy football talk later on kids. Hey, DFS is still going right. But also I want to know your fantasy football moment of shame. What shame do you, what, what, what regret do you have? We'll get to that. Make sure you hit us up on Twitter at Andy MC 81 at sick pod Browns. Click that notification bell. And let's get cooking. We got my Betfred Sportsbook, Sick Picks NFL Best Bets for Week 18. But there is so much news. Of course, what would it be? Why would we not have drama going into the last week of the season facing the Pittsburgh Steelers for the Cleveland Browns? So I go to one man and one man only. It's the general of the 100 Years War from ESPN Cleveland, the one and only Tony Grossi. Tony, welcome. Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year, Andy. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Well, look, I was going to start with Joe Woods' conversation and job security in the game. But of course, hey, there's got to be some drama. Jadavian Clowney went nuclear. Miles Garrett speaking. He's saying, hey, man, uh, may, you know, uh, you just got to talk to us and complaining. Where did this come from? This just come out of nowhere? Or Yeah, it kind of. I mean, uh, it hasn't been a satisfying season for Clowney as it was last year. Um, but he, he's like in the background, you know, he's not, uh, one of the players at the podium every day in the locker room. And, uh, every now and then he shows up at his locker and, uh, Mary Kay Cabot at Cleveland.com, uh, uh, got up to him yesterday and, uh, he just, uh, um, you know, threw the, the, the blowtorch, uh, at his team, uh, two days before, you know, a pretty big game, you know, a chance to, 
a chance to accomplish something here at the end and knocking the Steelers out and saving themselves from 10 losses and sweeping the Steelers for the first time. And, and he just went nuclear and put himself above the team. And uh, it's par for the course, right? There's always something before a Pittsburgh game. There's usually something after a Pittsburgh game on Monday coming too. So that's the next uh, thing to look out for. Yeah, that's, that's the next step. You can get him on Twitter, at Tony Grossi, thelandondemand.com, TLOD app, and ESPN Cleveland, of course. But, but Tony, yeah, it was it was coming out that he wasn't, not only about himself, but then going after Miles Garrett. Oh, he's putting the best situations. Miles Garrett coming back with, well, I'm the most double-teamed guy, and there's all, we'll get to the analytics soon. He's the most double-teamed uh, pass rusher in football. And guess what, Tony? Maybe you want to put your best athlete, I don't know, in the best situation to do it. And when you're double teamed, that should open up different situations to succeed for other defenders on the line. And Clowney never took advantage of that. No, he didn't. Like I said, two sacks and he's got a contract that pays him more for every sack. And remember last year, they closed the season against the the Cincinnati JV team, right? (laughs) The the borough rested and a bunch of regulars rested. And Clowney played the whole game and got – two sacks and was overjoyed because it netted him $250,000 in incentives. And he was the happiest guy in the field that day. So this year he's got two sacks. He's not maximizing his contract and uh, he's causing waves and really a selfish thing to do. Like I said, prior to this game. Well, Tony, when we had you on earlier in the season, we were talking about accountability, right? We were talking about the lack thereof with this team and Jadavian Clowney was sent home. Defensive line coach was saying for the Browns saying, hey, it got brought up in the meeting, his comments, didn't handle it right. And they sent him home. Is this the type of account? Like, are you satisfied with this type of accountability? Because it's also, I think, and he should have been sent home, but maybe a little easier for a guy you know is going to be on the way out than, let's say, if it was a draft pick. Oh, for sure. Now, uh, I think they fell short of what they could have done uh, at his Briefing today, uh, Kevin Stefanski uh, declined to say whether Clowney would even play in the game. I mean, it, it's ridiculous to think that they would trust them at this point. So, I would have I would have loved for Stefanski to step out of character and say, "Hey, he will never play another down again for the Cleveland Browns," and that's all I'm going to say about it. And and we're moving on. We got a big game, but he wouldn't even admit that whether, it wouldn't disclose whether or not he would make the trip. They're busing the Pittsburgh tomorrow. So they fell short of, you know, what they could have done. And, and uh, I'm not surprised by it that they keep everything in house. They don't, they don't publicly throw anybody, you know, under, under the bus. And I think if they would have stepped out of character and done that, it, it would have had a, a bigger effect, you know, on, on the team that we're sick and tired. We're not putting up with this anymore. So I'm not sure just keeping him home uh, or, or or even, you know, if he shows up and they and they sit him down for one series oh. like in the past, that would be uh, horrendous. I, I don't think that. I don't think he's going to play. But I would have loved to hear, hear them expand. Why not? You know, why not? Uh, and he f- fell short of that. Yeah, I'm totally with you. It would have been a great chance to make that statement to the team in this important game, which it seems at least like, Tony – We've heard from Stefanski and, and other coaches in the past, either they don't get the rivalries, they don't appreciate it, or they're just not coming out with it. It seems like he's relaying that message to the team that, look, this is a chance for us to do something special. This is a chance for us to eliminate the Steelers from the playoffs, sweep first time since 1988. And now 
you have this distraction. I wonder if he, and assuming he doesn't play, is this, and with Miles Garrett stepping up too, is this any sort of rallying point for the team, do you think? Is this extra motivation or is it, eh? We'll see, Andy. I mean, it, it could be, uh, you know, if Alex Wright, who, who will step into that job, uh, has a sack or two, um, you know, it might motivate others to say, hey, we, don't, we could win without Clowney. Yeah. I don't know. The defense is dysfunctional. Let's face it. None of this stuff happens. On, last year was the offense, right? OBJ, Baker oh. Mayfield. Uh, this year, it's the defense. Uh, and and the, there's been a number of things behind the scenes that probably haven't even come out yet. And in the meantime, the offense has been solid, uh, even though they've taken kind of a step back once they've you know, implemented uh, Watson into the offense. But uh, all the guys with high character are seem to be on offense this year. And the guys on defense are just uh, squabbling amongst themselves. And the result is seen on the field. Yeah, it really is. In conversation with Tony Grossi from ESPN Cleveland and thelandondemand.com. So, Tony, let's move to this defense because Joe Woods uh, said, uh, whether it was in jest or whatever, hey, hope to see you guys next year. And Prefer, the coordinator day, also uh, spoke on the special teams. He didn't seem at all concerned. Um, mm -hmm. And I guess that's not their you know, job to be. They have a job to do. But do you see, does this, let me put it this way. Does the result of this game matter at all to whether one or both of these coordinators do or do not come back? You know, I think an extreme can affect the decision. Either, you know, a shutout uh, will help Joe Woods. Mm -hmm. A shellacking will probably be the final nail in his coffin. Uh, in the last week, I've changed my opinion on what's going to happen. What Woods? I, I thought he would not be fired. Now I nothing would surprise me. Um, I, I think it could go either way. You can argue either way, but I just get the sense that Joe doesn't know his future, which is not a good sign in the last week of the season. Whereas Prefer seems to be assured that he'll be back. So I, I think it's probably going to go the other way and Woods will, will not be back uh, unless he pitches the shutout or, just, again, does something positive, uh, uh, extreme. Um, because, you know, I, I give him credit and the defense credit. The, the last two years, they have played their division rivals fantastic defensively. They've, you know, last 11 games against division teams, they've, they've given up about 17 points a game, which is fantastic. Um, and there's something to be said for that. I mean, there are positives, you know. I, I know. I know they've been the source of the biggest disappointment this year. So I think it could go either way, but I'm I'm thinking he's going to get let go. It just seems so tough, Tony, to think that you can sell to the fans. And it doesn't seem like they, you know, care what the fans think at all. But it, it seems to me it would be tough to sell back-to-back -back eight and nines, regardless of the situation or circumstance, with the defense in a similar pattern. Start slow, slow, few good games, division strong, like you said and finish well, but with, with those numbers and the fact that Joe Woods and, and others were pointing out the stats, well, we finished yeah. this and that's concerning to me because we know this team loves its statistics and analytics. And if you just, and Tony, we've seen uh, what, what looks to be from game strategy of the numbers can say this, it doesn't matter how it looks in the game, but if the numbers overall say X, Y, Z, that's your answer. And so that's why I think that, like you said, if it's not a disaster on Sunday, Joe Woods could very well be back. Yeah. Well, there are some metrics that paint a very gloomy picture of this defense, and there are others that don't. You know, the last nine games, they're top five defense. Yep. In, in the in the very metric that the Browns 
rely on, you know, DVOA or whatever it is, EPA, all these right. things. So uh, there are some positives, but um, you, you also wonder, you know, it could always get worse. And depending on what the, the alternative plan is, uh, I wouldn't be too hasty about making a change. Now, maybe Stefanski uh, has his ready list and knows the guy's going to become available that he thinks will be better. Well, we'll have to wait for that to play out. But I have gotten the sense in the last week that uh, it, it's not looking good for Joe and perhaps the whole entire defensive staff. And maybe that's the the counterbalance. Maybe Joe Woods comes back, but hey, you got a clean house from your position coaches. Who knows, right? That that could very well be. Uh, we got a couple questions in for you, Tony. So I want to get those to uh, to you quick before we let you go. Uh, this is coming from Grant from Canton, uh, saying, "Could you ask Tony if he thinks that if Stefanski has enough knowledge to manage a game at the very end? We've seen him time after time at the end of the game where clock management and situational play calls were horrible." Yeah, well, I agree. That's one of my biggest complaints about Stefanski. Uh, he's an offensive coordinator, but uh, as far as managing a game as a head coach, I think he falls very short. And furthermore, in, in just the role of offensive coordinator, his late game you know, decisions, play calls, and, and management decisions on offense alone have been uh, poor, in my, in my opinion, the last two years even. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that, that's probably my biggest complaint about him as, as a head coach and the game day management. Uh, and this from John from Pickering, a uh, couple in here says, could you ask Tony, what is the future of Felton versus Ford versus Schwartz? And is it just me or does it look like Willis Jr. is having a bad year at left tackle? And that's from John. Um, yeah, that last one he is. Uh, I don't think he's in danger of losing his job because he's a number 10 overall pick. He's entering his fourth year. He'll have a decision to make on him in May on whether to pick up his fifth-year option. And I think it's affordable enough to do that. I don't see them going to a second contract just yet, but I think they continue to work with uh, Jedrick Wills. Uh, The other question, uh, uh, Ford, Jerome Ford, is the next Kareem Hunt. He will be the third down back and um, the backup to – uh, Nick Chubb, and they have a very high opinion of him. Schwartz and Felton, uh, I think, hang around because they're draft picks and they're still in their rookie contracts. And uh, even though it'll be, what, the fourth year coming up now for both of them, I think, um, they're so affordable. Uh, they're going to give them every benefit of the doubt to, to meet their expectations. They, uh, you know, Schwartz in particular was way overdrafted in the third round. Felton was a seventh-round pick. And to his to his credit, he's an in-betweener. They got him doing everything, and he hasn't been able to concentrate on any one task. So I, I see them both coming back to camp for sure. Yeah. And finally, Tony, let's put uh, some thoughts on this Steelers game. For Browns fans, really must win. We talked to fans. He was trying to play up the importance as well. So you can give Mike Tomlin his first under 500 year. You can mm-hmm. put them in last place. You can eliminate them for the playoffs. Everything's lined up. But we know, Tony, what happens in Pittsburgh at the end of the year. The Browns have to do what to come out of what's it called? It's not Heinz Field, Acker, whatever the heck it's Acker called. Field. Field. Yeah, Acker, whatever, Field in Pittsburgh. How do they get out of this with a W? Well, if you just look at the quarterback position, the, the, the disparity in experience alone, Deshaun Watson versus Kenny Pickett. Uh, Pickett has kept the, uh, done a wonderful job in, in the limited role of managing that team and just pulling out games the last two weeks. 
that's because they were reachable. They were down by one score. Uh, I see the Browns being very aggressive offensively to try to get a two-score lead. Uh, they did that against New Orleans and still gave it up. I understand that. Uh, so it doesn't guarantee anything. But I think if you ask Kenny Pickett to play a whole half like he does the final minute, he's not going to succeed. So I think Stefanski will be aggressive offensively with Watson. And um, really, you look at the rosters, uh, especially the health of the teams, uh, the Browns conceivably could go in there and blow them out. That's not going to happen, but uh, I think they sh- I think they will prevail uh, in spite of this uh, little snafu at the end of the week here. And it looks like the weather shouldn't be too bad. I'm seeing 41, mm-hmm. a little wet, so it shouldn't be too. But we're not talking polar vortex again, right? Should be okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'll be an adventure for the kickers in that open end of uh, Acrisure Stadium. So Boy. hopefully, Cade York will end up on a positive note. That's right. Come on, kid. Do it for Tony. That's right. End on the positive note. He started the year. Look, Tony, he started the year getting the Browns a win. Let's finish it with a win. That would yeah. be a perfect bookend. Good. 58 yards into the open end. That, that'll punctuate the season. Yeah. Yeah. Let's you know, go. Andy, uh, the sweetest the sweetest Browns victory ever in Pittsburgh was the 2020 wild card game, knocking them out of the playoffs. Yeah. The Browns have never knocked the Steelers out of the playoff field in the regular season. So this would be the next sweetest possible win, uh, in my opinion. And it's all there for the taking. The, yeah. They're a better team, but, you know, uh, Tomlin and knows how to win games, and Stefanski I don't think does. Yeah, yeah. We've seen this all year where they've let games slip away. Uh, Tony, great stuff as always. Tell people where they can find you. You're all over ESPN, TLOD. You're all over the place. <laughs> that, that's about it. Yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, at, at Tony Grossi, I usually – Tweet out all the links to my the stuff that's behind the payroll, paywall, and and free and unlocked and stories and all that. So, just follow me and don't let me block you. <laughs> that's right. Your approach. Your goal is six thousand blocks total, right? Uh, this year, year yeah, I'm, this I'm year. over five thousand and uh, going strong. Love it. Well, it's well worth the money. I'm a subscriber to TLOD. Tony, thank you so much. Happy New Year, and let's get a win at this one. Let's go. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. There is the great Tony Grossi, the general of the 100 Years War on Twitter, at Tony Grossi. If he hasn't blocked you, you can get us on Twitter, at AndyMC81. If I haven't blocked you, which I'm apt to do, at Browns. make sure you click the notification bell right there, folks. Hey, we're going to have lots of off-season content coming, fantasy football ranking, NFL playoffs, division pitchers looking at the draft, even though the Browns don't have first-round pick. And that's another reason why I think players of high – High-profile positions are going to have to be dealt with either by holding on to who you have, like Jedrick Wills at left tackle, or going out and probably overspending in free agency, as long as the guy's name isn't Jadavian Clowney, at uh, pass rush. Because you don't have a first-round pick this year, and you don't have one next year. So that's the tricky part where the Browns stand right now. So, you know, that's all stuff we'll get to during this offseason. Let's pull up the playoff situation here that the NFL released earlier on after the DeMar Hamlin um, situation. Again, just such great news that he's doing better. That's sensational, FaceTiming his team. Uh, But now that Bengals and Bills game will not happen. So this is where we could get weird when it comes to the AFC championship and a possible neutral site team. So you see right there, if Buffalo and Casey both win or tie, 
Buffalo versus Kansas City, neutral site. They said maybe Atlanta, Indianapolis, somewhere inside. Uh, if Buffalo and KC both lose, Baltimore wins or ties. Buffalo versus K, uh, Kansas City would be also at a neutral site, and it would be at a neutral site if Buffalo, KC both win and Cincinnati win. So we're probably going to see a neutral site game. It's going winning percentage. It's really, really quite, uh, quite strange. Let's pull up that other bit of info too that we had there. Um, there we go. Yeah. So the canceled game. And they did that essentially because no team was at risk of missing the playoffs. The seeding, yeah, sort of. And there's there's something weird that could happen if Baltimore wins over Cincinnati and an away home game. It, it's still kind of strange. It's kind of weird. So let's hope, um, uh, you know, we get that home field fun advantage one way or the other. Because I'm telling you right now, if I'm looking at it, it's the Bills, it's the Chiefs, and it's the Bengals and the AFC. It's those three. Baltimore's doing nothing nothing and if those squealers get in they're doing nothing too it's those three clubs in my opinion and look jacksonville titans whoever wins that game love you know great story for the jags titans have have some work cut out whoever's coming out of that division they're going to go on a run probably not probably not so that, to me that's where these three these teams come down to the chiefs the bills and the Bengals. so we'll see also folks hey so you see this sweet shirt professional fantasy football player which you can get at the team shop right in the description on youtube here and on social media at andy mcd1 at sick pod browns we got a new shirt because fantasy football's in the books check out the oh how gorgeous is that people fantasy champion here's the main thing with fantasy football and any fantasy sport is bragging rights right you wear a crown crown yourself commissioners get it for your league champ and the great thing is it could be for football baseball hockey basketball whatever fantasy you're playing there you go. And that is going to be on the team site right now on the show site, right in the description. You can do that. And also, speaking of links in the description, you go trophysmack.com slash Andy. And guess what? You can get a free championship ring, fantasy championship ring, just a couple of the beauties I have up there, right there. And then on the other side there, um, you can get those one for free if you order any trophy smack trophy or championship belt. And I know the guy, the owner, Matt Walsh, sensational guy. And this is the, the company that was uh, bought by, uh, in part by Mark Cuban on the Shark Tank. Got to meet Matt and talk to him many, many times. And uh, the belt, the quality of everything, like the belts are so sweet. Like they're heavy. Like it feels like you're wearing a championship belt. Heavy belt, got the trophy, get a free championship ring. Use that link right down there, trophysmack.com slash Andy. Get a free championship ring. Right? Treat yourself, brag, and get the shirt too at the team shop right there. Okay. Now, I want to get two people. Fantasy football season is over. Now, you can still do your DFS, of course, right? And we'll go through some DFS contest plays as the playoffs go on and all that fun stuff. But looking back and thinking, fantasy football moment of shame. I want to know what your fantasy football moment of shame was. And this is the feeling you get. You, you play this and you just feel, ooh, the shame. Shame. Mm. Shame. Shame. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Fantasy football moment of shame. Your biggest regret. What is it? Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Uh, in the comments below, leave me your fantasy football moment of shame for this year. At SickPodBrowns. Instagram too at AndyMCSports. Got one in here. I'll tell you mine in a moment. Uh, this from Fernando at SportsTimeHQ. Great show. I got to meet Fernando at the uh, Fantasy Football Expo. Great guy. Great show too at Sports Time HQ on Twitter. Give him a follow. Good dude. Uh, he says, his fan, Andy, my, 
moment of shame is when I said Davis Mills would finish as a top 15 quarterback. Ooh, shame. Shame. That's pretty bad. People were, you know what? Not the craziest take because as he ended last year in garbage time points, maybe, but that certainly is a shameful moment. Mine, my moment of shame from this year is more to do with, I think I'm in one too many leagues. I usually go three or four. I went five this year. Got a little excessive. And I just didn't pay attention. That's why I tell you, paying attention is half the battle. And in one of my keeper leagues, my dynasty league, we have, as players roll over, we have a cost that's associated with keeping a player. And so um, I thought that, and we have a uh, $100 budget. And I thought that, I misread it. I thought I was keeping Alvin Kamara for $6. Uh, I misread it. It was $62. And so that essentially destroyed my ability to go out and get anybody of note. I didn't pay attention to when the deadline was due, and I kept Alvin Kamara for $62. $62 bucks in my budget. Terrible. You know, RB2 year. He was fine, not $62 fine. And so I had to trade people off. Total rebuild. From the start, total rebuild. I had to go with scraps terrible that's my fantasy football moment of shame not paying attention to the cost to keep alvin kamar you got davis mills from fernando there what's your fantasy football moment of shame people are ringing the bell and you're like your biggest regret comment section hit me up twitter at andy mc81 uh, at sick pod browns couple surprise rankings and we'll go through this more as the uh, off season goes on i want to go through Top 12 quarterbacks in fantasy football. And once you get past number four, I thought there were a bunch of surprises this year. Really, from my rankings and many others, it's ones you didn't expect. And I think more unexpected than usual. So here are the top four right now going into week 18. Should be the end of a fantasy league. Patrick Mahomes, no surprise. Josh Allen, no surprise. I had Josh Allen as one. Mahomes is my two. Jalen Hurts is three. I had him around three, four. What a year for Jalen Hurts. Joe Burrow, four. Not surprising. Then it gets weird. Justin Fields, five. Justin Fields, folks, QB, five in fantasy football. Who saw that coming? We knew the potential, but coming out of last year, he was he was getting ready to be written off. Right? Justin Fields like, okay, you know, we'll see how this goes. Going to be a deep quarterback class. Bears probably draft somebody else. No. no. We saw Justin Fields. Start slow and grow. And now we're seeing him on an upward trajectory. And for Justin Fields, you're going to miss the last game, of course, again. But um, Justin Fields is putting it together. So Fields at five was shocking me. Geno Smith at six. I don't care what you say. If you said you had Geno Smith in the top ten, you're a dirty liar. Because it was going to be Geno Smith, Drew Locke, some awful combo in Seattle. Seattle would finish dead last and have their pick. Well, lo and behold, while the production scaled back as the season went on, especially the last four or five weeks. And maybe you don't want to be springing to give Geno Smith that huge extension that people were talking about. Dude finished QB6. You and Geno Smith, you were able to get Geno Smith off of waivers. Off of waivers. And you got the sixth best fantasy quarterback. Off of waivers. Wow. Geno Smith, shocking. Daniel Jones, another one. Daniel Jones. And I, I, I still think he'll be going probably elsewhere. Um, credit to Brian Dable for 
doing what he's done with the Giants. But Daniel Jones, I think we kind of know what he's, he is as a real-life quarterback. Fantasy-wise, though, you got Daniel Jones at the end of your draft? Like, where was he projected? He was projected 146 overall. Finished 15th, not in quarterbacks, just in fantasy football. Couldn't ask for better value there. Trevor Lawrence, another guy you could probably get late is QB8. Started the year slow, but really picked up momentum as the year went on. And quite often, you know, one of my leagues, I picked up Trevor Lawrence off of waivers halfway through the year, finished really well. And now you, we have to start thinking and talking about Trevor Lawrence as definitely being a top 12, top 10, top 8 fantasy quarterback next year as he continues to grow with that Jacksonville offense and the confidence. It will be a very interesting game Saturday night when they play the Tennessee Titans. Kirk Cousins at 9. Jared Goff at 10. I, look, I don't know what people were expecting out of Jared Goff. He was at the back of QB2 leagues. That line's team's all over the place. They can score 50 points. They can score 10 points. The defense could give up the same either way. That's going to be a fun battle against the Green Bay Packers. You got Tom Brady at 11. Tom Brady, still, despite everyone writing him off for dead, the guy still passed, what, 4,600 yards? Maybe he's not quite done yet. The number 12, Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert at 12 is the surprise, the negative way. Justin Herbert, me looking like top five guy. Injury plague season, disappointing season for the Chargers. But man, Justin Herbert falling that low. And Lamar Jackson, just like I predicted, just like I predicted at the start, Sportsnet.ca articles, other interviews, shows, whatever. I said Lamar Jackson would not be a top 12 fantasy quarterback, or at least at the very bottom. Outside the 12, because he can't stay healthy, just like last year. People don't want to believe it. You overdraft him, that's on you. Then you have Tua, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, and down it goes. Russell Wilson, too, like QB 16. Who saw that train wreck happen? My goodness. So we'll get to more fantasy football as the season goes on. Any questions, of course, use hashtag AskAndy, League Championship, DFS, whatever. But now, people, let's try to make some money. Let's get to some sick picks. It's time for sick picks. All right. And, hey. Betting's legal in Ohio now, folks. Ohio, my friends, it's legal right now. Bet Friends Sportsbook and Sports Betting, legal in Ohio. There you go. Gave away a beautiful Nick Chubb autographed jersey. We're going to have more weekly contests. Look, all you got to do is register. Make that first deposit at the link in this show post. We got a lot of links in the show post. You got your trophy smack, your Bet Fred, your team shop. But in that show, uh, in the link in the show description, also on social media at AndyMC81 uh, and at Sickpod Browns, we'll make sure to post that out. You click there, you register, you make your first deposit and bet, and you'll be, first of all, you get a over $1,000 deposit bonus. Who else is giving you that? No one's giving you that. You get that with this link. Over a thousand bucks to be matched. Beautiful. So you can do that, and you'll qualify to win weekly prizes. So absolutely great. Check that out, betfredsports.com. Get to a couple um, uh, picks here. This is a prop play I love. Now, Amari Cooper needs 81 receiving yards to get um, to career highs in receiving yards for his career in a single season. Had that with Dallas in 2019. He's already surpassed his touchdown record. Over-under set at 63.5. Pays minus 115. I'm going to say over. I think in this game... They're going to definitely try to win, but I also think they're going to try to give Amari Cooper. He mentioned it's an important stat to him, so it is something of note, and he's been such a great soldier, such a terrific addition. Um, I think they're going to try their best to get that for him. 
So I think Amari Cooper, 63 and a half. David Njoku over under 36 and a half receiving yards. I'm going to say under. There's going to be a funnel to Amari Cooper. And uh, you look at uh, Dom Peoples Jones, 36 and a half. I'm going to stay away from that one. That sounds just about right to me. So I'm going to stay away from that one. So those are a couple of, uh, of picks there. Now, the actual game line has Pittsburgh as home favorites. Two and a half. You got Kenny freaking baby hands picket as your quarterback. Two and a half point favorite over Deshaun Watson. That should infuriate Watson and the Browns. That's unacceptable. Two and a half. I'm taking the Browns to win this game. Pays out plus 120 straight up on the money line. Now we know weird stuff happens in Pittsburgh. Haven't swept them since 1988. This is the year. Let's get that trifecta, Browns fans. Let's get the trifecta. Eliminate the Steelers from the playoffs. Sweep him for the first time since 1988. And give Mike Tomlin his first sub-500 year. Mm. Oh, a, a quad factor? Quad? I don't know. Four? They finished last as well. You'd get to dump the Steelers and their pea yellow towels and their stupid, terrible rally rag crap and shove it in their face at home if they're not the ketchup place anymore or that dumb place is. I will never step foot in the city of Pittsburgh if I have anything to do with it. Come on. Let's beat them. Let's get to a couple more sick picks here. Look. Buffalo Bills, seven and a half point favorites, seven, seven and a half, depending on which book you're using. Uh, Betfred Sportsbook has that seven. Home favorites over the New England Patriots. And I'm seeing a lot of people saying, oh, the Patriots, they play tough. And they do, we know. And it would be very Bill Belichick-like to ruin the feel-good moment of DeMar Hamlin addressing his team and grinching it. But I think the Bills are the most motivated team in the NFL in Week 18. You have that energy, that extreme reversal of emotion. And so I think the Buffalo Bills take it. I think they win by a touchdown or more. You know, uh, the money line's no good, minus 320. If you think the Patriots are going to win, you might as well take them plus 265. But uh, the Bills to win by seven and a half or more is 105 right now. It's dicey, but I think the Bills are going to be jumping up to it. Bengals versus Ravens. Nine-point favorites for Cincinnati. Also an emotional week for them, of course. Still no Lamar Jackson. I'm going to take the Bengals to win minus 425. So not a great money line bet. But I think the Ravens cover. Folks, we've seen. Now, the Browns did beat them by 10, 13 to 3. And their offense is struggling. But they keep these games close. And they try to wear you down and run and field goals. So that 9, I would feel more comfortable taking Cincinnati if it was 7. That 9 is a bit too much. Maybe wait, see if it drops a little bit. But as of right now, I take the Ravens to cover. Um, over under set at 39 and a half. I might be taking the under on that one. Um, and, and so that's that's a, a tricky one there. Let's get the Titans Jaguars. Titans Jaguars. Jags favored by six and a half. So here's the thing. I think the Jaguars win. I don't think it's by a touchdown. Titans are tough. They're getting healthier on defense. You can hand up the, the strategy's hand to Derrick Henry. You're going Josh Dobbs, who Browns fans know. So I think the Jags win, Titans cover, pays minus 115. And also, here's the last one, Kansas City in Las Vegas against the Sad Sack Raiders. Come on. We're talking what, Jared Stidham? Stop. Chiefs still have something to play for. That's what you have to remember. They have top seed to play for. So the Chiefs, nine-point favorites, give me that all day at minus 110. All of it. All of it. Like two touchdowns at least. Maybe 17 points. Chiefs over the Raiders. What a debacle that absolutely is. Uh, over under 52 and a half. 
Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I think the Chiefs will score. I don't think the Raiders will. So I take the under minus 115 payoff. There you go, people. Okay. Week 18 in the books. We'll be back next Friday with the new show. We'll see what happens in the offseason. If something crazy happens, we'll do an emergency show. Like if Stefanski gets fired, I'm jumping on. But otherwise, we'll see the fallout from the regular season. Hopefully feeling good after the year with a win. Are there any coordinator changes? Look ahead to the offseason. We'll start with planning for the draft, not first round picks, but we'll start planning ahead to the draft, get some college experts in too, and get ready for the NFL playoffs. Thank you so much to my guest, Tony Grossi from ESPN Cleveland. For all the guys at Sick Media, I'm Andy McNamara, and you've been watching the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Go Browns, beat the Steelers! And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.